When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. As you know, we receive a lot of questions around here from all sorts of hobbyists on all sorts of aquarium-related topics. Now, usually my answer is directly to the individual who asked in the form of an email or DM or whatever. Sometimes, however, the answer is such that it's best addressed in the form of a blog post or a podcast, and this is just one of those. Recently, uh, a hobbyist asked me what my opinion was of the botanical style aquarium as a type of aquascaping approach and how it fits into the overall aquascaping universe. Exactly what our thing is. Now, first, when I answer this, I start with my assertion that the botanical style aquarium is not an aquascaping style. It's a methodology to create a more natural functioning aquarium by utilizing botanical materials as the fuel for the process. The look is a collateral benefit of the methodology. Now, I admit I've never been much of an aquascaper. You know, those hobbyists who can take a few rocks and a piece of wood or whatever and just turn them into some sort of amazing design. That takes amazing talent and vision. And I made peace with that a long time ago. I greatly admire those true artists who can apply all sorts of technique and color coordination and ratio and stuff like that and come up with these incredible, uh, you know, works with seeming ease. On the other hand, I look at a lot of aquascaping work, admire the effort and talent and that stuff, and then get this feeling in my gut that I can't always explain. Well, I can, but it's not always, like, nice. Like, I look at many modern aquascapes and just kind of, well, I kind of yawn. Ouch. I'm sounding like a proper asshole, I know. What else is new, right? (laughs) But seriously, it's not that I think their work is shitty or something. I find that just that the styles of many of the beautiful tanks out there, which the world seems to go crazy over, are just a bit, I don't know, boring. Or should I say, not my taste? Yeah, that's better. Well, since this guy asked, I'll keep commenting here. No, it's weird. I do like certain planted tanks that just blow me away. Like our friend George Farmer does amazing planted scapes, which I would happily have my own home if I had the talent. In fact, I would love for one of these people to just make me a planted tank and I'll just take over and, and enjoy it. I just have no desire to make one. I don't know why, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I think planted aquariums are gorgeous. I love them. I love the work of our own Johnny Ciotti. He's a guy who was trained as a classic nature aquarium style scaper by Amano himself, interestingly enough, yet he's a true artist who can take botanical elements and create stunning aquariums with ease. Jeff Sensky of uh, Aquarium Design Group, same thing. Uh, he could take just about any kind of media you give him, rocks, wood, plants, and crank out something that's unmistakably original, dynamic, and gorgeous. I'll never be half as talented as any of those guys. And I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. And it's largely because a long time ago, I found what I truly love and I work with that. I think that we should all have that degree of comfort with what we love. Now, sadly, many hobbyists don't and feel that in order to be considered talented or whatever, that they have to embrace a certain style or technique. And that's absurd. I often think about the so-called, you know, diorama style tanks that pop up in contests and are all over Instagram or whatever. You know, they require a lot of talent to execute, but they're far more art than they are natural aquariums, I suppose. And I guess that's what gets me. 
these weird fantasy escapes, you know, do have live plants and glued together rock and wood and stuff, but they're anything but natural. I guess that what really gets me is the, the aquascaping world lauds these, you know, scapes as the shit. And sure, they are fantastic work, but when they call them natural, it just sends shivers down my spine. I mean, doesn't nature offer scenes that are equally as complex, interesting, or challenging to pull off? I mean, nature as opposed to, you know, the, 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 you know, fairy world forests or whatever seems far more interesting, I suppose. And I guess that's what gets me. These, you know, it, it's, it's, nature is full of inspiration. And I can't see why you don't see more rep- representations of, you know, flooded forests, vernal pools, Pantanal meadows, et cetera, et cetera, in the aquascaping contests. I imagine how amazing a tank you know, that one of those aquascaping, you know, one of those diorama-style scapers could pull off if he or she tried to replicate the actual aquatic habitat as found in nature. I mean, you take that talent and put it to something like this, it would be amazing. With their talent and the ability to bring the vision to life, wow. I mean, sure, such a tank won't have a beach scene, a winding road into a forest or a mountain range or any of that other cliche stuff, but it will have all the amazing vibrancy and the intricate, you know, structure of natural aquatic habitats. The possibilities are endless. I've postulated about why we don't see more of those things in contests. I mean, the benefits of entering tanks like this would be many, including calling attention to the wonders of the natural world and precious wild habitats, which are often threatened by human activities. I think that a good part of the reason is that those natural habitats aren't tight from a design standpoint. They don't, on the surface at least, seem to require any discipline in order to replicate. You have to cede a certain amount of your work to nature. And I think that freaks out a lot of artistic aquascapers. Now, nature in her many ecological niches and features provides an endless array of habitats to recreate in the home aquarium. And my POV has always been that you should look at these niches, figure out how and why they formed, and why they look the way they do. By researching the processes which helped create the habitat, I'm challenged to create an aquarium which attempts to replicate both the form and function of it. Now, some of these habitats are not what you'd expect to see in an aquarium. They look and function fundamentally different from what we've worked with before. Some of the aesthetics of these wild habitats just freak people out. They look so random, so undisciplined. If we were to ascribe artistic terms to them, that is. It's a world where we set up the system to allow nature to do the finishing work. It requires a certain trust in natural processes and the ability to let go. The ability to realize that what we see as a finished product is only the beginning. The delta at the intersection between science and art. That's where I play. I like it here. A lot of you do too. Thus, not quite a biotope aquarium and not quite an artistic aquascape thing is for me the perfect sweet spot for my interest, my attention, and my skills. And I think it's the place where I can be most useful to the hobby. Biotope-inspired, I suppose. A more forgiving, easygoing style which places function over aesthetics, yet somehow always leads to something that I find aesthetically pleasing or interesting. It's a strange yet wonderful place where I've made the mini mental shifts that allow me to enjoy the beauty and elegance of stuff like decomposing leaves, sediment, biofilms, fungal growths, random aggregations of decomposing leaves, etc., etc., Much of the attraction is because the aquariums I create are intended to let nature do some of the work. If I were forced, and yeah, forced is the right word because there are no defining rules here, no way. If I were forced to offer some defining characteristics of the botanical-style aquarium, I'd say that a certain randomness, actually, is it. It's the one. I mean, we're all about replicating what happens in nature, not about perfectly proportioned placements of, you know, aquascaping props and such. 
Now I admit some of the world-class aquascapers that have worked with our botanicals have applied these concepts to the types of, these types of aquariums and have produced like amazing results. However, I think that the raw botanical aquarium essence is about a certain degree of randomness. There are things which we can just let go. Details. I believe that an aquarium that attempts to replicate a scene like the ones that we're talking about starts with what looks like a really artificial placement of wood anchored by numerous details which soften, define, and fill in the scape. A sort of analog to the theater or motion picture concept of mise-en-scene where pieces literally set the stage and help tell a story by providing context. Yes, unlike a scape which depends upon growth of plants to fill in and evolve it, the botanical-style aquarium is largely hardscape materials, which requires the adept placement of said materials to help fill in the scene. And of course, part of the evolution is the softening, redistribution, and breakdown of the botanical materials over time, just like what happens in nature. Now, I suppose that this little rant can be viewed as defensive of our style, which on occasion has been criticized as sloppy, lazy, undisciplined, etc. Perhaps it is to some. However, I think it serves to re-examine what I feel is one of the foundational philosophies of the botanical-style aquarium aesthetic, if you will. I must confess, it's an aesthetic which certainly doesn't appeal to everyone. In fact, many of the mainstream aquascaping world tend to levy all sorts of constructive criticisms and, yeah, but, comments about our practices and ideas for a while. Less these days, by the way, but it's, it's happened. And that's, you know, part of the attraction of this type of aquarium for me. Rather than conform thoroughly to some sort of rules based on design, layout, and technique, this type of aquarium tends to ask for very basic initial design and lets Mother Nature handle a lot of the emerging details over time. I think that there's a certain hunger for something different in the hobby right now. I feel like we've been dedicated, or we've dedicated most of the century, to figure out ways to push back against nature's processes. I mean, we've spent a tremendous amount of time looking for ways to remove things that we don't feel belong in our tank. You know, uh, algae, biofilms, decomposition, stuff like that. Stuff that we as a hobby feel to be unwelcome, unattractive, and perhaps even detrimental. And quite honestly, I think that we see these things as undesirable or unsafe because they're artifacts of outdated thinking. Holdovers from a time when we felt that our technology gave us the edge to accomplish what nature couldn't. And of course, the reality is that technology can accomplish some of these things, like nutrient export, heat control, circulation, etc. But what really powers the miniature ecosystems, which our aquariums actually are, is the microbiome, fungal growth, bacterial biofilms, the processes of decomposition, etc. Stuff which looks distasteful to many, yet stuff that is fundamental to the function and, yeah, the look of our tanks. It's not just a look, not just an aesthetic, not just a mindset. It's a way to incorporate natural materials to achieve new and progressive results with the you know, fishes and plants that we've come to love so much. And it's still early days. A ground floor opportunity for every aquarist who gives this stuff a shot to make meaningful and beautiful contributions to the evolving state-of-the-art of botanical-style aquariums and to share what nature really looks like with people all over the world. I'm fascinated by the mental adjustments that we need to make in order to accept the aesthetic and the processes of natural decay, fungal growth, and the appearance of biofilms, and how these affect what's occurring in the aquarium. It's all a complex synergy of life and aesthetic. And we have to accept nature's input here. Nature dictates the speed you know, by which this decomposition process occurs. We set the stage for it, but nature's in full control. Now, as an aquarist with a botanical-style aquarium, it's our job to observe and know when or if to intervene by adding or removing botanicals as they break down, for example. The great Takashi Amano's whole idea 
in a nutshell was to replicate nature to a certain extent by accepting it and laying a conceptual groundwork for it to unfold. Just look at the pics of his you know, grassy fields and moss-covered fence posts in Amano's books. He got it. He felt something. Now, granted, his general aesthetic involved plants and what seems to be a natural-looking aquascape, although executed in an intentionally artistic way. And there's nothing wrong with this. Some of the world's most beautiful aquariums were and are created this way. However, what I noticed over time in the freshwater world was an almost obsessive, rigid adherence to certain parts of Amano's formula and aesthetic. Specifically, ratios, placement of hardscape and plants, and a certain type of aesthetic formula that one had to replicate in order to gain, I don't know, legitimacy or acceptance from the community. I really don't think that was Amano's intent. Wabi-sabi, the Japanese philosophy which embraces the ephemeral nature of the existence of things, was and is a key concept in Amano's approach, and it still is. I think it's fallen into a bit of disuse, though, in the nature aquarium movement, as aquarists aspired to replicate the style proffered in his works, perhaps trying to you know, bypass what seemed to be a less exciting or less immediately rewarding part of this approach. I really feel that. I think that this is why we have some diorama, you know, so many diorama-style tanks in these competitions with details like twigs and roots glued to wood. And I think that's why we see more and more serious aquascapers taking another look at a more realistic type of aquarium using botanicals. Aquariums which embrace decay, detritus, biofilms, and a less ratio-centric, more random, natural look. And I think many aquascapers are simply tired of over-stylized and they're sort of leaning back to a more natural look. And maybe, perhaps, they're starting to come around to the idea of functional aesthetics, too. A less rigidly controlled, less high-concept approach to setting the stage for nature to do what she's done for eons without doing as much to help it along. Rather, the mindset here is to allow nature to take its course and to embrace the breakdown of materials, the biofilms, the decay, and rejoice in the ever-changing aesthetics and the functional aspects of a natural aquatic system, warts and all, and how they can positively affect our fishes. Wabi-sabi? Yeah, I think so. I think we embody the concept beautifully. And the initial skepticism and resistance to the idea of an aquarium filled with biofilms, decomposition, tinted water has given away to enormous creativity and discovery. Our community has, rather easily I might add, accepted the idea that nature will follow a certain path, parts of which are aesthetically different than anything we've allowed to occur in our tanks before, and rather than attempting to mitigate, edit, or thwart it, we're celebrating it. Functional aesthetics. I think this is where Tana Aquatics falls. If you had to nail this down into the specific stylistic philosophical, you know, philosophical approach to aquariums, it's that space between, so to speak, sort of a straddling multiple approaches which nature, with nature as the ultimate critic. This can take us to some really cool places. Let's go there. Stay creative, stay excited, stay bold, stay thoughtful, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenon Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.